0: rahman Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin Wassalatu Wassalamu Ala Sayyidil Mursalin Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wa Baraka Wa Sallama Taslima Kathiran Ila Yaumid Din My dear respected sisters Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh Alhamdulillah our very identity we by our very identity we are Muslimin, Mu'mineen, we're believers Today what I want to do is something very simple If you look into the Ahadith, what you'll actually notice is that the Prophet has defined uh, Iman in different ways He's basically shown in numerous different Ahadith that A believer is like this, a believer is like that, a believer is someone who does this, a believer is somebody who doesn't do this A believer is a person with this type of character, a believer is not somebody with that type of character And you'd be amazed that if you do a search for mu'min, the word mu'min in the hadith, you'll find numerous narrations You'll find numerous narrations and it will actually provide you a whole entire profile of what it means to be a believer it's quite amazing. Once you actually start looking at those ahadith, you'd be surprised that this is a manual of life. The Prophet ﷺ just said it in so many occasions. On so many occasions, he said, A believer is like this, a believer is like that, this is what a believer does. A believer cannot be like this. And you can never be a believer if you do this. You know, some things were said more intensely than others, some things were said more strictly than others, some things were just mentioned as in the passing. You've you've got some amazing narrations, and I think we need to constantly be reminded of these. Narrations to really make sure to re-evaluate what it means for us to be believers Um, The problem we have today around the world We see many people doing things within ourselves within our own families our own neighborhood. We see people doing things which don't seem to be very if, if you contrast that to what we see of the life of Rasulullah What you see is you see behavior, prophetic behavior linked to the person of the Prophet So whenever you read about the Prophet you hear about his behavior You see his behavior You see him doing what he's doing So you know that that's how the Prophet acted because there was no other way that he acted However, when you contrast that with what believers are doing or what we're doing, then sometimes it doesn't go together So I think what I wanna do today quickly is just run us through a number of ahadith. I won't go into too much depth on each one. I'll just go through some of the narrations, just translate them, just briefly explain them, just to make sure that if it's something that we have shortcomings about, it's something that we can learn from and we can improve on so that our profile As believers, believing men and women, we can also, inshaAllah, have these things as well, have all of these characteristics as well. One of the first things that I'd like to mention about belief is the definition of belief. Belief means a form of conviction, a form of belief in the heart. It's not something you just do outwardly, it has to be something inside. So when you've taken on a particular ideology, a particular way, a belief, a theology, a philosophy, that is what you call belief in something where you believe with your heart when you believe with your heart then it gives expression to the rest of your body your, your tongue will speak about it in a normal situation you will act it in that kind of a situation as strong as that belief is inside the heart that means that's how much stronger our conviction is and the stronger the conviction is that's how much more it will provide its fruits through our limbs if we see that the fruits that are being provided through our limbs are actually antithesis to Islam. They contradict Islam. They contradict the way of the Prophet ﷺ. We don't feel too good about them. Then we have to understand that there's a problem here. The yaqeen has an issue. There's there, there's a there's a problem with the yaqeen aspect, which means conviction, full belief in something. So let's uh, let's start with uh, the first hadith. The first one the Prophet ﷺ said, um, Ibn Mas'ud anhu relates Yaqeen is full iman that is what it is I mean they're kind of synonyms yaqeen, belief in a particular uh, a number of tenets of faith that is what it means to be a believer and patience is half of belief now that definitely needs clarification what does it mean by patience is half of belief Well, clearly most of the things that we have to do as believers, most of the things that we have to do uh, and those uh, which are demands of the fact that we are believers, for example, abstain from this, that looks really nice. I can't do it. I'm a Muslim. You know, your friends are maybe going and having a night out, they're going to go to a disco, there's going to be a prom at school, you know, at the, uh, on graduation, there's going to be um, uh, a certain party where you're expected to dress in a particular way, there's going to be drinks, People, uh, you know, you may be with some friends and they may, non-Muslim friends, and you may, they may want to go somewhere. Well, it's going to be difficult for you because inside you're, it's been told that you can't do this. That's all based on patience. The more patience we learn, the more we'll be able to withhold from harams and wrongs and wrongdoings. So that's why the Prophet, he explained it. Yaqeen is full iman and patience is half of your faith. The more patience you learn, the more we'll be able to deal with things. What does patience mean? Patience means that we abstain from something and we're able to withhold our inner urges. The desire to do it we're able to comfort ourselves. We're, we're, we're able to make ourselves content we're able to restrict ourselves from something that we would that the nafs would like to do now here clearly this tells us that there's something going on inside and that this is exactly what happens you feel like you want to do something which is not right then inside there's a desire to do it because the nafs wants to do it because there's certain pleasure that you get out of doing so but on the other hand, the faith is speaking, the yaqeen is speaking, and at the end of the day, that's when the stronger the yaqeen is, the less the opposing voice is going to be. The stronger our yaqeen and conviction and our faith is going to be, the, the weaker the urge to do something is going to become. So the more sober and patience we learn in that, that's, that's going to be really, really helpful because half of iman is, is patience. And then there's the other aspects beyond that which have very less to do with, uh, with, with patience. But patience is the underlying factor to all uh, abstinence from disobedience, from staying away from disobedience. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, Al Imanu wa In another hadith it says bid'un wa shu'bah. But either way, Iman is 60 plus or 70 plus branches. So now what he's saying is that Iman, assume it's like a tree, it has 70 branches, more than 70 branches, more than 60 branches, multiple branches. So Iman is this structure that you're placing down, it's like the trunk of the tree with all of its roots, it's firmly ground, you have 70 branches. Out of those branches, and he's mentioned a number of the different branches, he said that this is a branch of Iman, this is a branch of Iman. One of the lowest of the branches, as the Prophet ﷺ said, is to just move something out of the way, so that it doesn't disturb somebody, it doesn't inconvenience someone, it doesn't harm someone. So there's a banana skin on the floor, there's something lying down on the floor, so you go and you actually take the effort to put it to the side. So that the next person coming along, so this is all in social compassion, social etiquette as well. However, the Prophet ﷺ said modesty, chastity, bashfulness, shyness uh, religious shyness as such. This is a branch of faith. But the way the Prophet ﷺ said this, it's, he said, iman has over 60 branches and haya is a branch of faith. And the reason why the Prophet ﷺ really singled out haya and uh, modesty, chastity, is that He wants to explain by that that modesty and chastity if you have that particular branch is a very big branch Then many of the other branches become easier because a lot of sins can be avoided and a lot of the branches can be uh, Can be practiced upon if you have Haya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Now I I said I wasn't going to go into depth in any of this, but I think this needs to be explained a bit further You got a person who is naturally shy they just don't want to be in public too much, they are very shy to speak, very introverted personalities, right? There's that shyness. Then you've got somebody who is very brash, who's very bold, who doesn't mind speaking, they can speak to people, that's not an issue. So does this mean shyness is that introverted person and not the other person? Is that what it means? No, the haya here that is referred to is not about the nature of a person the normal nature by on which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, has uh, has has made us it's not necessarily that although the person who is shy will generally be able to act on this more easily than the person who's going to have to really restrict themselves Who's gonna really have to control themselves from speaking out from exposing themselves and so on and so forth because that's that's the way they are some people just love to show off they can't help it some people just like to speak very loudly they can't help it do you understand so yeah it's going to be more of a struggle but at the end of the day haya doesn't refer to the the fitri just the normal kind of shyness that a person has the shyness must be Qualified must be done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether the person is shy at heart or not shy at heart Do you understand? So the person who is acting shyly because of their nature. They're not doing it for Iman They're not doing it out of their love for Allah. It's not based on their Iman. Then it's just uh, You got people who are not believers, but they're very shy. There is no reward for that That's just mashallah the way they are but when a person is shy, they're gonna have other shortcomings in the sense that where they do have to stand up where Iman requires you to stand up and Defend something say something do some al-maruf You know command the right prohibit the wrong etc. They won't do it So there are shortcomings in that but generally it's a better state to be in however the way for both types of people is to Restrict themselves from what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala told them to restrict themselves and be shy of Allah. That's what this refers to. So this is what you call haya imani. It's imani modesty, bashfulness, which means I am not doing this because I don't want Allah to see me from doing. It. I don't care what others feel, but this is what it is. It's for the sake of Allah. So that's what you call al haya al iman. And if somebody has that, where they have this consciousness of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, not wanting Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to see them. In a particular state because Allah has prohibited it then that is what what it means that it will be one of the main branches of Iman it'll help them in many of the other branches because uh, again Haya is kind of you can say the second underwriter after Iman once you have Iman then you should have Haya that's why another hadith mentions that Haya and Iman go together if you lose Haya you can very easily lose Iman because of that so these are really really uh, important that they go together and they underwrite everything else. Uh, That's why the Prophet said That Haya and Iman, they are basically compatriots, they are together, they are partners, they stay together, they come together. And if one goes, the other one will go eventually. Because Iman requires Haya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't misunderstand Haya to mean just shy in front of somebody else but then having huge dirty thoughts in the mind and dirty desires in the mind that they can't control. And then they go do something bad in, pub- in, in private, even if they don't do it in public. Yes, it's still good. It's, it's better, you know, you don't expose your sins. But still, the point is that it should be full haya in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, ثَلَاثُ مَنْ كُنَّ فِيهِ وَجَدَ Now people are going to be, you know, we, we generally ask that, where's the pleasure in our faith? So if we're supposed to have faith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised sweetness of faith. If a person is a true believer, true mu'min, he, is going to, he or she is going to acquire halawatul iman. How do you get that? So in the next hadith, the Prophet tells us that If somebody has three traits, three things if a person has, they will experience the sweetness of faith. They will experience the sweetness of faith. Man kana Allah مَنْ كَانَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِمَّا When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger are more beloved to them than anything else. Now, think over that for a moment. If Allah and His Messenger can become more beloved to us than anything else, then we will start feeling the sweetness of faith. Because then we will be really focused. Number two, وَمَنْ أَحَبَّ عَبْدًا لَا يُحِبّهُ إِلَّا لِلَّهِ So now it's not just about focusing on Allah and His Messenger. We still live a human life, we're social creatures, we deal with others. So then the Prophet said, in terms of that, whoever loves a servant, whoever loves somebody else, only for the sake of Allah. So no ulterior motives. We don't love somebody to get something from them. We love them because Allah told us to love people. We love them because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Told us to love our mother and father Our children Our spouse Our relatives The poor The people in general Do things for them We do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ومن, And finally And a person loves his faith so much, a person loves their faith so much that they would totally find it reprehensible, just the the thought even, that they be returned from faith to disbelief again. They find that so bad, they find that such a bad thought, as though it's the same as I would dislike to be thrown into the fire, that's how bad it is for me to lose my faith. Alhamdulillah, I would say that in terms of that, we're probably all quite confident in that regard that we love our faith. We may not be very practicing, but we do love our faith. I think that's the case. However, there's obviously different levels of this. And in order to get the sweetness of faith, we'll have to have all three of these things. So on a social level, we love people for the sake of Allah. We love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger more than anybody else. And we hate that faith would ever be taken from us. So all of these aspects, they have to be taken to a level And then there'll be sweetness of faith Then the Prophet ﷺ said In another hadith, explaining it differently He said That That person has tasted faith He just said tasted faith So really tasted faith It's not just a conceptual belief, a theoretical idea in the mind. It becomes a reality where you actually start tasting the sweetness of it. It's another way of saying the previous narration. Who gets that? The one who really is happy with Allah as his Lord. No doubt whatsoever. I can't have any other Lord but Allah. You know, I don't have any interest in anything else. I'm totally satisfied despite all the difficulties. I'm willing to do them. So Allah becomes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are completely satisfied with Allah as their Lord, with Islam as their deen, they have no doubts, no qualms, no regrets, absolutely not, they don't feel like, oh, I, why, why am I like this, why am I like this, maybe I shouldn't have been a believer, maybe I shouldn't have been born to Muslim parents, then I wouldn't have had to do this, you know, something of that nature, I'm sure sometimes children may go through this growing up, when there's a massive uh, attraction for them of something else, and then Wabin Islamidina Wabi Muhammad and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the messenger. Then the Prophet said, Thalathun man جَمَعَهُنَّ فَقَدْ al-Iman. جمع there are three things that if you combine them together and you have them, you acquire them all together, you would have acquired Iman. Now again, the Prophet is describing different things as Iman. Somebody might say, well, there seems to be a contradiction in these narrations. Is this iman or is that iman? It's all Iman. This is what Iman does. But the Prophet is not there sitting, uh, trying to give a seminar, an exhaustive thesis or seminar or a a PhD or something on every aspect of it. This is a very practical approach that he took on when there was a need to to speak about this. He would speak about that. You say, that is Iman. If you're a believer, that's what it should be like. If you're a believer, this is how you should act. If you're a believer, then this is what you should have. So if you have all of these three things, you'll, you would have gathered the main aspects of Iman. And what did he say? Al-insafu min nafsik. So he's describing Iman as something different to what we've already heard before in the other narrations. What he's saying? Al-insafu min nafsik. Justice from yourself for anything that you do. You need to act justly even if others aren't acting in justice. So when you deal with anybody else, it needs to be in justice. Someone else may deal with you with injustice, you have to deal with them with justice. Regardless of the situation, you have to be just in every state. Because that's what your Iman does for you. That's what your Iman does for you. That's what your Iman tells you and dictates for you. If your Iman is strong in your heart, you will deal with people with justice. So for example, you went into Morrison's, the supermarkets, and you bought a number of things. And somehow it was very busy The person who's serving you They, they don't have much time uh, They um, were a bit busy or whatever And they overlooked a product And you went out and you saw that they hadn't charged you for it Now, you know People try to justify these things in the weirdest of ways They say, uh, you know you've, you've heard it, this is a, a Zionist company Right, they'll make up this, you know, some Tesco or Whatever, they'll say, this is a Zionist company So it's okay, we can rob them, you know It's just not in insarf It's not in soft right if you had been overcharged would you have gone in and said I've been overcharged for this product would you have left it let's just say there was a seven pound product right and you just uh, overcharged and you you discovered that on your receipt. are you gonna go back in or not most likely you will so if you're gonna go in for seven pounds for yourself then this is seven pounds that they undercharge you. You should go in now. Don't don't tell me that if I'm You know, I don't mind if they overcharge me I won't go back in because I don't have the time that doesn't justify In fact, it's more necessary It's more important to give back something that you've been undercharged for than to take something and not care about it. and then to Not pay th- than to have overpaid really because at the end of the day for the first one, we'll be rewarded in the hereafter. If we've been overcharged for something, we didn't do anything about it, we couldn't bother. We may be rewarded in the hereafter. But for the other one, you'll, we will definitely be taken to task. So al-insafu min nafsik. Number two, wa-bathilu salami lil'alam. Spreading salam to the universe. That could mean saying salam, that could mean just spreading the, you know, the beauty and the peace of Islam throughout the world. But definitely spreading a, a salam to the alam, not just to those you know, but to everybody. You're walking on the street, see another woman, right? You see, you see another sister, you give salam to her, right? So you, you, uh, sometimes people think that hijabi women or niqabi women are too aloof. They look down upon others. They, 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 they don't give salams, etc. Never let that be the case. If you're if you're dressing a Muslim, if you're dressing like a proper believer, then your action should be even better than that. Because actions are really important because they are that what build that what that is what builds up the society. So it's extremely important in that regard. So spreading salaam. ال... Which means to spend in the time of need. When there's more need, you spend more. So you're focused on spending. In a particular way. So, that's, this is the Prophet ﷺ said if you gather all of these three things together, you've gathered Iman together. And believe me, it does take a certain trait in the heart to give salam to everybody, spread it far and wide. Number two, to spend when there's need. And number three, to have total justice. Only a true believer will be able to do this. So, this is just the way of Rasulullah ﷺ explaining to us. Another one, the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever loves for the sake of Allah, whoever loves because of Allah, because Allah told us to love people, that's why we love them. Not for ulterior motives. Altruistically, wa لِلّٰهِ Those and he if if he does hate somebody or something, it needs be for the sake of Islam. For the sake of Allah. Because Allah told us that's wrong, so hate that act. For example, hate the act of fornication or whatever, whatever it may be because of that uh, reason. And he gives, again, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he prevents for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So everything is done for the sake of Allah. When all of that God-consciousness will come together, فَقَدْ al iman, then a person has completed their faith. A nominal believer cannot do this. When we love people, we have other ideas in our mind. If we hate somebody, it's generally for a personal selfish grudge. Alright? And if we give to somebody, sometimes for a good cause, but other times it may be to get something back. And if we prevent, it's obviously for greed reasons. You don't give somebody what their due is, inheritance issues, and so on. It's generally for, for selfish reasons. If a person can rise above all of that and do all of these things only when it's required by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they have complete faith. What does that tell us? That tells us that if we cannot do these four things, our faith is not complete. If we have shortcomings in any of these things. This is the benefit of learning these Ahadith to const- constantly evaluate ourselves on. The next one, the Prophet ﷺ said, So he called it Kamal of faith. Perfection of faith is that a person, uh, sorry, the most perfect believer. Most complete believer, accomplished believer Is the one who Is the best in character In their dealings with others Not rough and gruff Not rude, not mean, not not harsh Not um, uh, what you call it Vulgar and not cursing Not swearing as will be mentioned in another hadith But a person has this Ahsanuhum khuluqan The best in character Wa khiyaruhum And knowing that there's the great potential of abuse between uh, men and women, where men generally, because of their bigger body build and, and so on and so forth, their domineering status and so on, they will abuse women. So that's why the Prophet after mentioning in general, that the most accomplished believer is the one who's best in character, he then said, and the best of you, the superior, uh, superior among you, the choicest of you, is the one who is best to their women. So if a believer wants to be a true believer, he better have a good social behavior. He should have a good social understanding and he should have good marital relations. He should have good spousal relationship because that is what a believer is required. And the Prophet actually said in another hadith that I am the best to my women. So he showed that he's got the the quality there. I'm just going to mention a few other diverse narrations here. Al-Mu'minu, to talk about the Adam of Islam, the world of Islam together and what we should be thinking about our brothers and sisters around the world Again, مؤمن, believer the Prophet ﷺ is describing right the the believer For his believe for his fellow believer is like a structure They strengthen each other If you have bricks that are just placed together just randomly they won't structure each other you'll be able to topple it over but when they're placed in a particular way it has to be done properly in a particular pattern then it will stay strong together so there's a way to do it if you just haphazardly throw the bricks together put them on one t- on top of the other and you don't put on one here one there and then one in between and then you know have that pattern it's not going to stay strong it's just going to be all string, and they're all going to just fall down They're just going to crumble. So likewise, you may have hundreds of believers together, but don't let it be a crowd. Be it make it a cohesive whole. Have a pattern where there's care for each other, and thus they strengthen each other. Look at the beautiful way that Prophets is explaining this. So the Prophets goes all the way from personal actions, inner states, to social issues, to whole global issues of how a person should be thinking about their brothers and sisters around the world. Another one. Abu Huraira anhu relates, whoever believes in Allah and the last day, say good, otherwise stay silent. That could just avoid so many problems. Don't do commentary, don't just speak about too much things. If you want to speak, make sure what you're gonna say is good, have a good aspect to it, otherwise just remain silent. الاخر, whoever believes in Allah and the last day, again, an aspect of belief. Honor your neighbor. Part of your belief is to honor your neighbor. It's not just a good thing to do, you also do it for your belief. And if the person who believes in Allah and the last day, he should, be, he should honor his guests. So the next time we honor our guest, we do it for the sake of Allah, and suddenly things will just become easier. You know, because when guests come, the, the, the main task of the guests, the, the main burden of it comes on the women of the house generally, because they're the ones who have to cook Whole day, two weeks of preparation, the earlier you know that you're gonna have guests The more preparation you have to do, the more shopping that you have to do, right? At the end of the day, if you knew you, you're doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It will just suddenly become easier that you're being rewarded for five hours of cooking For ten hours of cooking Right? And I'm not just saying this in a misogynist way that, you know, just to make it easier for the women to do, it. I mean, socially speaking, in our culture, that's, that's the way it happens. So I'm actually making it easy. You're going to have to do it anyway if that's your your family demands you to do so, right? So subhanallah, much of that burden comes on the woman, but the, the man has to help out. He, he needs to go and get the shopping and say, so you can't just leave everything to her. There needs to be some aspect of it. That is all part of Iman, believing in Allah on the last day, it's something like just being good to your guest, subhanAllah. Then the Prophet sallallahu in another one, he says, That any kind of trouble that reaches a person, grief, worry, uh, illness, sickness, um, uh, concern, anxiety, any kind of thing that troubles the mind, if you connect yourself with Allah at that moment, you are rewarded for that. Your sins are are, are diffused, your sins are eliminated. People's sins are eliminated because of difficulties that they go through. This is mu'min, ma mu'min, again, mu'min. This is one of the perks of being a believer. If you have to have a difficulty come onto you, which is gonna happen in this world because it's the nature of the world, you know, you got locked out, you uh, had to just, uh, 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 you're walking suddenly rain, and you know, you got drenched, anything, simple, simple things like that, you just kicked your foot on something, you hurt your leg, whatever it may be. <laughs> Sins are removed. Right. We've got everything going for us. And that's why one of the, my favorite narrations is again about a believer. Amril الْمُؤْمِنِ The Prophet ﷺ said Suhaib al-Rumi relates this Such an astonishing affair Such a wonderful situation Is that of the believer Why? فَإِنَّ أَمْرَهُ كُلَّهُ خير. Every state of his Every matter of his Every affair of his Is good How? It doesn't matter Whatever it may be So at the end of the day If somebody is offending you Somebody is offending Islam And you feel hurt because of that, you get rewarded for that. SubhanAllah! You get rewarded if you feel hurt. Now, we're not going to encourage people to offend Islam or the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because of that. Right? But the fact that it happened and a person feels hurt about it. Because you know, you do have a lot of believers, they think, why are other... You do have a lot of Muslims who actually think that why are these other my fellow you know, Muslims Why are they making such a big deal out of this It's just some humor They're so, they've, been brought, they've, been, they've brought in They've bought into this concept of freedom of speech To such a degree That they think it's okay to do it And we should just ignore it Just like the, like the Christians ignore when Jesus is abused Subhanallah You've got that idea, you've got that idea Unfortunately among uh, you know, a minority of people Well, the most of the Muslims They've just been hugely rewarded Because of this difficulty that has, that has reached them That their Prophet has been abused So then the Prophet ﷺ said uh, This state of affairs That uh, you, you know, uh, every matter of theirs is good This is only for the believers Because of their belief Number one in Asabatu Sarra Shakara if a, uh, uh, good times come upon them, if prosperity uh, uh, comes to them and they are thankful, shakara, they are grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, That's good for them. And if some harm reaches them and they're patient, then that is good for them as well. The Prophet then said things like what it means, what a believer must not do. Rasulullah Prophet said, yazni wa mu'min. A person who is committing, uh, who's fornicating. When he's fornicating, he's not a believer. So a believer cannot be doing these acts. And if he does, then Iman is leaving his heart. It'll come in afterwards again, but it does leave. Likewise, a person doesn't drink haram intoxicants when he's drinking while he's a believer. He can't be a believer when he's doing that. Iman goes, I I can't be here if, if you're doing this. A mu'min. And a person cannot be stealing while he's still a believer. So this is beyond the actions of a belief. The Prophet said None of you can be true believers until they love for their brother what they love for themselves. What they love for another person, what they love for themselves. The Prophet ﷺ said لا لا That none of you can be perfect believers until I, the Prophet ﷺ says, become more beloved than their own family, their own selves, their own children and everybody. So these are all aspects of belief. Then the uh, Allah, the Prophet ﷺ also tells us that just because you're a believer, it doesn't mean you need to be so soft that you get run over by everybody. So he says لا يلدغ uh, a believer is never bitten from the same hole twice. So you get scammed once, you're not going to become scammed again. It doesn't mean you're a believer, so you be so docile, so silly, so stupid, that you get run over all the time and people take advantage of you. No. That's not how a believer should be. A believer should be intelligent as well. So you've got numerous hadith of this nature. Final one, مثل المؤمن مثل مثل المؤمن مثل النحلة تأكل طيبا طيبا. The, belie- the, the example of a believer is the example of a honeybee. It eats the good, the best, and it also leaves the best. So it eats from the nectar, it goes around flowers, it's by fruits, it's by the best of the plants, and then after that what it gives is the pure honey. As opposed to the bee, uh, as sorry, as opposed to the general fly, where do you see flies? Over blood, Right, you have some blood there, son. you'll see all flies, they, they didn't know how they find it, you know, they've got like tune in for that, on, on uh, excrete, excretion, on anything that's wrong, you see flies there. When it comes to the honeybee, you'll see it only on good things, that's the nature of it, the believer is like the honeybee, and subhanAllah has become such that honey is so beautiful, that people actually start calling, you know, their beloved honey, because of the beauty of that. They're saying that the be- every believer should be honey, every believer should be like the honeybee, taking the best. And giving the best. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to reflect over these and improve our shortcomings wherever they are because really this is the manual of life. And there are so many more ahadith. I just chose a, a, a few of them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq.